Hello, I'm Rebecca Horan and welcome to A Little Birdie Told Me, a podcast brought to you by Rollercoaster.ie. In season four, I'm going to be talking to a range of well-known Irish faces about being in the trenches when it comes to parenting. On this week's episode, I sat down with best-selling author, podcaster and mother Caroline Forn, where we discussed a range of topics, including parenting a sensitive child, anxiety and marriage. Well... I wanted her last season. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I, wa- I don't even know if I even asked because I don't know whether I was too overwhelmed. There was an, I couldn't organize it myself or schedule, but I wanted her. And then I thought she's not going to be able to do it this season, but I'll ask. Because if you don't ask, and I knew Caroline, I'll intro her properly now in a sec, but I knew her years ago through the media scene and the circuit and being a journalist. Um, but then I'm watching her now be a mother, which is a completely different journey than I'm Car watching Car crash her reality no, TV. No, <laughs> it's amazing. The most, honestly, probably the most important, I think, female figure at the moment in the parenting space. I think so, because of the, the, the authenticity, but then the joy and then all the little bits that are dotted in. But I just don't feel it's... Um, I don't think you're diluting anything, but I also don't think there's any horseshit. Anyway, I'm so excited to welcome author, podcaster, broadcaster and mama to Kaylin Caroline Foran. Welcome. Oh, wow. Thank you for the lovely intro and such nice words. I feel very unworthy of them, but I'm so happy to be here. Delighted to have you. You know, I guess we you worked in a very glam world back in the day in image and kind of then going out on your own and in journalism and everything. And then you got married to the gorgeous Barry. Mm -hmm. Okay. You put down roots. Um, tell me a bit about that, like your your kind of, I don't know, the dating landscape and how you got with Barry and like all of that. And did you always want to be a married woman with kids or was it just never really an end goal? You're oh, just juicy. Happy. Yeah. Um, so when I met Barry, I was very much like I am... I wanted to be single. I had just come out of a long-term thing that took me about a year to get over, like a six-year thing. And I was like, we can go on a date, we can have a bit of fun, but do not expect anything else. And I got the sense that he wanted to ride off into the sunset pretty quickly. Um, and I was like, oh no. To ride? I, to, to ride, ride off, off into okay, the sunset. Like, now, I yeah, I should rephrase that. That he wanted to, he, he felt like he'd found the one. And, and he, it turned out that he was the one for me, but it took me, I was too scared to let myself kind of fall again. I thought I was finally okay on my own. And I was, yeah, and I wasn't sure how I felt about him. I, I was just all over the place. Um, But about a year of, yeah, so I'm definitely not a love at first sight person. Am I? I'm a lust. I'm a lust at first sight. I can be I think that I too. I fall passionately, yeah. but I don't, yeah, love takes me a lot. Yes. And with friends. Same. So, no, actually with friends, I go way too deep, way too quickly. And then I can get burned a little bit. Um, okay, yeah, maybe I do that as well. I'm starting to think, I'm like, yeah, I tell some, I'll tell someone absolutely everything so about like, my life. But that's different. That's a trust thing. A, I'm quite trusting. It's a good and bad thing, mm. I think. Um, but with Barry, I realized pretty quickly that even though I was trying to deny myself, like, don't get into this. You know, you have to be on your own. You haven't had much time on your own. I had boyfriends back to back. I realized, and this, I always say this, but it sounds super um, corny, that when you're with your friends, you're talking about life and what's happening and what's happened and what's coming down the line. And when I was with him, I was just living it. It was just happening. I wasn't thinking back or before. And I just was really in the moment with him and had a lot of fun. And I just really. (laughs) So you weren't like, I need to plan the future with him. You weren't looking at anything. You were just always with him. I was just with him. And I I also, this is bizarre, but I really had, I really found his um, command of the English language, which I seem to don't have, I don't, (laughs) I don't to have right now so attractive yeah. he was just so able to construct a sentence Aww. and he was smart and Endearing. able to have a conversation and um yeah there was just so much about him that I thought was great and then eventually after about a year a year of cat and mouse I was like okay fine what age were you I was 20 
four. You were young. Yeah, really yeah. young. I yeah. was young as well when I met. Like that's, I think, young. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to have a few solid years of experience of, mm-hmm. you know, I had never really gone on many dates or anything mm. like that I had I didn't have I wanted a couple of like horror stories because you were in these relationships all the time <laughs> yes okay um but maybe you are a serial monogamous you know what I mean maybe you're a relationship girl we see I think I fall in love quite quickly okay um I don't think I'd ever be single long because I think if I just if I start to meet someone I bet hopefully maybe he's we'll not take listening a year to this you and I and do a single <laughs> yeah. to but I think yeah if I feel like there's a vibe there like I kind of go all in Okay, that's really so, nice. Yeah, but that kind of means I never got to have a couple of dating experiences because I felt like I owed the person everything. Like if I went on one date, I was like, oh, I don't know how to... Say ev- to you. But I don't know how to be like, I'm going on another date. I feel like, oh, that's, I'm already betraying you. Like I already wow, owe you're you very something. loyal. Yeah, very loyal. Um, so anyway, thankfully it worked out that Barry was someone I wanted to stay okay. with. And uh, we, so it, it took a long time to get to the point of being together but then as soon as we were together it fast forward so you were kind of loosely dating each other like it was all really lovely but yeah. you weren't talking about moving in you weren't talking about no we were on and off for a while where okay. he was like I actually want more and I can sense that you don't and then I was like wait maybe I do okay and then it so it was kind of on off on off and then we um we made it official and he asked me out and I was like I didn't think that that had to be done at this point so American <laughs> yeah I know. let's go for what Will is you it be my girlfriend yeah. I mean yeah. he said those words um and it was very sweet and then but then I had a like a really big panic attack that night when I had said we were away and I said okay yeah mm. I my body was obviously just like whoa you you've just entered this commitment wow. what if it doesn't work out what if you get hurt again what does this mean what's going to change and I almost had to have it in order for him to say he was like oh oh shit <laughs> he yeah. was like Caroline like I just want to how we are to stay as we are like who knows about the future yeah, you can't, yeah. and and I was just I mean it was just classic me to have that but meltdown. it's like that control I want to know what's going to happen with this and that'll yeah. be okay yeah and and like yeah I just I was afraid of hurting him or getting hurt myself so um but then once I kind of calmed down and I realized that it was it was just him it wasn't it wasn't a, this the relationship idea didn't need to be so scary it was just him and me me oh. and him um and then but then, so I was like not at the races fully and he was there. And then so quickly after that, I was like, I'm in love with you. And he was like, um, that's great. I really like being with you. Oh my God. Oh my <laughs> he absolutely God. murdered me for oh this. Oh my God. Doesn't but matter. I was no like, one will hear he, this. He won't Karen. listen to this. He doesn't listen to my own bloody podcast. Hey, the um, husband, you're grand. And he was like, you know, Caroline, like it took, I, I've been invested in this for so long. And I'm only getting used to the idea now that you actually were oh, on board God. and wanted to be with yeah, me. yeah, yeah. And he had never said I love you before or anything. And but I went from like zero to 90. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I remember I was so livid and mortified. Of course you for are. For saying it. For yes. saying it. I was like, I just complete. I, I was words that I couldn't keep inside my because mouth. You loved him. And, oh, God. And then I remember, and because we were in my parents' house at the time, we went, I went downstairs in a huff to my mom and she was like immediately what's wrong with you I know there's something wrong with you and I was like I just told Barry that I love him and he didn't say it back and she like she grew horns and was like mama Barry she's like well maybe he's just not capable of loving someone or he's just not that and then Barry came downstairs and she was like (laughs) knew that you'd have the chat and he he knew that we'd had the chats and he was like I want to actually die and then about two weeks later he was like I love you too. And I was like, you better not just be saying that because I said it. But he just, he he wanted to be really, really sure. But also it's scary because it's you, scary. you had, not kind of moused him, but you had, you weren't sure, Caroline, you were going through all that anxiety and he doesn't want to be fecked over either. I kind no, of No, exactly. He's protecting it. himself. Yeah. Um, so then once we were on the same page there, we, we decided to move in together within a matter of like weeks. But then I had my 
mental breakdown, my Anna's Horribleist, which led to all the books and the podcasts that I've done. Um, and that kind of put the, well, it didn't put the brakes on us as a couple, but it put the brakes on life and progressing yeah. and stuff um, for the a while. The romantic part of your life kind of. Uh, well, the, it just changed the dynamic yeah. so much where, you know, suddenly he was this massive support to me and I felt like, oh God, th- this you didn't sign up for this. And it just got very serious very quickly. But it was then that I really knew the measure of him as a person. Oh, and God. he was really like, you have to stop trying to push me away because I love you and I'm here. Now, he, it was terrifying for him, you know, to see the person he loved completely fall apart um, and not know when or how we would get myself back together. But, but for um, anyone listening, was there, because people that don't know and like everyone really in the country does know about Caroline's books and everything that she does and all the anxiety podcast, everybody does know. But if, for anyone that doesn't, was there a moment where things fell to shit for you that year or was it nothing like that? It was accumulation. No, it was almost an exact moment of starting a new job um, mm-hmm. and leaving an old job. And maybe it was and also within that same two week period, I moved in with Barry. So there was a lot of change for someone who's got quite an anxious, sensitive nature. Mm-hmm. And I'd always been very attached to being at home, like with my mom, like you said. So maybe subconsciously it was like a, a storm brewing for a while. And then having left this job that I thought was a good idea to leave immediately feeling like, oh, my God, what have I done? Mm-hmm. And worrying about like what the future would look like and I don't want to be here and they're having conversations about what five years and like back to my loyalty I was like I can't leave what am I going to do and and it was also like there was a big splash made about it It was a new media company at the time Um, and it was nothing I mean it's not the fault of the company Mm. it was startup mode but it's just it didn't suit me and for whatever reason my body was like allergic allergic Mm. to the point that I started to get very 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 sick and my body was screaming at me that this is not right for you. You are not okay. But my mind was like, was it was not a two way street at that point, until it cranked up to such a level that I got the message when I was like on the floor with anxiety. Um, and I remember taking a couple of days off and thinking, if I just come back after the Easter weekend, I'll be okay. And just knowing I I'm, not, do that I'm not going to be okay. It was so. What is that? It was so deep in me at that point. I wasn't. It wasn't just. No, like it was a, it. It was like an illness. It's it wasn't a day body. off that no, I needed. No, no. It's I needed. Not, it's not, a, yeah. not a break to canaries. Like no, it's not. no. I needed to majorly step off and, and step off everything. I mean, I had to step off social media because at the time it wasn't a place you would go unless you were sharing your bikini pictures of Bali. You know, okay. you weren't. So I pulled back. So it was the boasty time on Insta. Massively the, filters, yes, Valencia yes, filter, yes, everything. Yes. Um, it, I just retreated completely. I couldn't work. I couldn't leave my I physically couldn't leave my house for a period of time so so that made us very serious but then as I got started to get better um and he was fu- he was working and trying to keep his he was life. working and, and he was amazing he was yeah he just he just started to because he'd never experienced anxiety before he researched it so much to try oh, and understand yeah. you know because people can be very quick to be like I just have a cup of tea and like, just just don't think like that just go to the gym or be grateful yeah that kind of thing I was like it's it's just not yeah. it's not something I'm and choosing right now without being asked I was like way back now I'm so aware of all of these things but I do remember my 20s going um you just need to drink less alcohol are you just and trying to help your pal who was yeah. in the deepest no I darkest. was I was very um very very ill physically and mentally um and then because I was guess I was so rooted in like being at home in my comfort zone, we were kind of ready to buy quicker wow, than okay. most of my friends. Home to you was a lot. It yeah. was really important yeah. and I wanted that kind of stability. So we bought our house before the prices got crazy um, and we were just the timing, looking back now, we were very, very She's got a fortunate. beautiful home. I mean, you've sure you've seen oh, you've it on been Instagram in it, and Gaff and Tian. That's all right. Home. I mean, there's a lot I could do with it. Um, but then, yeah, then we just, we got engaged a year. So how quickly is all of this from meeting Barry? What are we looking at? So 2012, 
12th, November 2012, first kiss, August 2013, boyfriend, girlfriend, January 2014, move in. Okay, then we lived together for about, a, I think it was 2015, wow. bought the house, 2016, moved in because it was a new build. Wow. 2017, engaged. Wow. 2018, married. 2019, pregnant. 2020, baby arrives. Yeah. Do you feel it was a lot at once or not? No, no, no. I think it was, yeah, it was pretty nicely staged. So you get married, beautiful wedding. We've, you know, I've seen, go and check out the pictures. We've all seen the pictures. I've shared Hello magazine. Beautiful pictures, beautiful wedding. Did you, so you go full throttle into this commitment. That didn't scare the crap out of you? Marriage really, more than having kids, scared the crap out of me, actually. More than buying a house, marriage always scared the crap out of me. I think we always have had very frank conversations about, even though we were subscribing to this marriage and this commitment and these vows that we understand human nature and we could have a very emotionally um, evolved conversation about how it's not just a given now that we'll, we're together because we signed something. We're going to wow. like each time we have an anniversary, we're going to have a chat to check in that we're like still yeah, that we're still we choosing each other yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's a choice every day 100%. and there has been bumps in the road and there'll be, there will be people that you equally both find attractive mm-hmm. along the way and that you keep making that choice as long as you want to keep making I that choice. I love that you just said that. This is so important actually. I know this is a parenting podcast, but I love that you're like, yes we've signed a paper and it's so different back in the past the Irish marriages of like you have to stay in it you're making a choice every day both of you to be with each other and and this forced issue of like gotta stay together for the kid that's really interesting point I forget that a lot like it is a choice so that no one's own yeah having those kinds of conversations makes me a lot less fearful about that kind of commitment um and we to this day still have very open conversations about how you know, we have certain views on monogamy. We are monogamous together, but we find it kind of bizarre that this is, you know, we're all kind of blindly subscribing to this thing. And it's like, you can only ever have eyes for this person for 60 years. Yeah, because I think you have a few loves in your life. I agree. You know, and I don't, sorry, and I don't think that takes from a commitment I've made or, but I actually don't, I don't know if it's a human nature and it doesn't mean that you meet anyone else or, but I don't know if it's true that you're going to have one one person or one so much or that you can't love anyone else no because it, it would be attractive. too convenient that you would meet that person like in coppers yeah, you know when bizarre. you like if there's only one person in the no, whole world I don't think you. you can have huge chemistry with other people and maybe you do nothing about that I also think yeah. it's not that I not that we're in this position but my friend a very good friend of mine is in a, an open gay relationship and he's his kind of point was it's a lot of pressure to put on someone to be your everything and, and fulfill every role 100%. and need for you. And maybe that's where friends come in, you know, that kind of thing. But um, I do think it's the se- like the sexual nature of a marriage, which starts off with this this high voltage passion, which I think also makes you blindly think you're madly in love too, because you're just boning all the time. Yeah, that's just lost. Let's be honest, yeah. right? It's just like nonstop boning. <laughs> and then it's like nonstop date nights and nonstop. And when that, when you buy a house and you have to become domesticated and pay bills and worry about finances and change jobs and have anxiety or have anything that's slightly and they watch outside the birth. realm and they watch your, their favorite pub burn down <laughs> as they always say, um, give birth and be pregnant and all of that like sexual charge changes a bit. Then you have the friendship charge. Then you have the other argument. And it, it is an evolution and you either make it or you don't. Because I have a lot of friends now who are like, I've just turned 40, who have done the 10 years of marriage who are like, I don't know if we're going to make it. Yeah. And there was such judgment in the day. So it is interesting how marriage um, works <clears throat> and raising kids, which we're, we're going to get to now, because I think that adds a whole other oh, level whole, of bomb. Level. It yeah. is because you, you, you. And I also think before you've kids, which I sometimes miss, and I talk a lot about in the last season about your your grief and your bere- being bereft of your past mm-hmm. life, which you try not to be, but you can't help. But sometimes, like I wish I was just going on audio and, 
And when you're together as a couple, you can choose to go out on your own and be separate and have independence. If you're pissing each other off, you have breaks. Whereas with kids, you have to be a team or you're bunched. Like. Yeah, I think, and it's something you kind of can't really know until you have a kid and, and are in the depths of experiencing it to know that you actually do land on the same page. Because what you go into parenting thinking of as how you would like to parent or what you would and wouldn't be okay with changes so much. Oh my God. Changes so much. Like I thought I would be so chill and oh laid back. Oh my and, God. You know, well, I don't know why. We I should thought do a whole this. book on that, what you thought, <laughs> yeah. and it should just be called pre baby. Like yeah. I can't believe what I am now to what I thought I'd be as a parent. Exactly. I, I, I didn't want to have to be in this kind of routine, and, and now it's. Did well, you want kids? I did. I didn't. Both my Barry and I had two siblings in our family, so we didn't want like a huge yeah, football team rude, or anything. Yeah, but yeah. I always thought we would have two, and we decided to start trying um, relatively sooner than we were maybe ready for it because we both agreed that we wanted we'd risk it happening sooner than risk it being not later happen- yeah, and yeah, not happening or having yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that we had any you know control over that, um, and. I was just excited but I, I I really I didn't have a clue I had no there was no kids in my family no nieces or nephews my friends didn't really have kids yet I was one of the first so wow. my impression of motherhood and having a baby was very sanitized very Instagram very pure pure bliss and pure joy and the happiest time of your life and I was like why would we wait for this you know let's do it um, and we were very fortunate <laughs> That it happened really, really quickly, and um, yeah. But fast forward to the labour ward. Do you know you, what? Did you know you were having a boy? Did you know anything about? I knew Karen? I was having a boy okay. because um, I just feel like there is. Uh, well, I like to have as much information as possible. Great. And, Armed. Yeah, and I just I I feel like pregnancy can be enough of a surprise. It also gave me a lot of joy in pregnancy because I was so ill, um, that it helped me to take my attention off the sickness and the pelvic girdle pain and the crutches nice. that I ended up on to be able to think of this little person and you know think of his name and do up his and room and, and it just become more real okay and um, so I, I I know I'm not the kind of person that would ever leave it as a surprise um and then then he came along in the depths of COVID and I was on my own as so many women were um you know going through the throes of labor alone until I was ready to push and only then could Barry come in and almost as soon as Caelan popped out Barry had to go again and I was wheeled into a room with the baby on my own and um watched the door close on my partner and 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 really then what I thought was the finish line like I've, I've done it I've given birth the birth was actually for me like not too traumatic an experience good, good. But that's when the trauma started for me was when I then was had the baby in my arms um and this I, is it you're on your and own everyone was saying and I knew I knew there was a certain amount of hormonal shifts that were going to happen, and and for me, you know, I feel things greatly. If I, if there's going to be something like that happening, I'm going to feel it a lot. Yeah. I feel good things a lot, and I feel bad things a lot. Um, yeah. And I just, I just unraveled, and I wasn't prepared for it, and I was frightened. And I remember even I was looking for permission and approval for everything from friends who didn't even have kids or anything, just wanting to know that how I was feeling and was normal to and okay validate or to, to validate and yeah. to reassure me that I wasn't because everyone was like you've just had a baby this is the happiest time of your life and I was like I don't mm-hmm. I, I just felt I just felt fear no look like lots of my friends said mm-hmm. to me like oh is this the happiest you've ever been and I was like this mm-hmm. is the most That's strange okay. frightened I've ever been yeah most overwhelmed I've ever been I, I think felt- me and my friend group would have been like this is the fucking hardest scariest you know yes there's a there's a joy that they're here and they're okay but I, fa- I think it's a really horrendous time straight after actually. I still yeah. feel 
with my friend group anyway. Mm. And I guess I'm always looking for this confirmation that I wasn't, there was nothing wrong with me. Mm. But a lot of my friends have had like a really nice postpartum experience. Okay. And, and and I'm delighted for them that they had that. But but hearing that someone also felt upside down and inside out helps me not to think what was wrong with you. You you just couldn't get into the headspace okay. of it being pure joy. Um, and Kaylin was a tricky baby. He, he, you know, he, the way I describe him is he came into the world with an air of concern about him, just sees worry wherever. Wow. And wasn't happy lying down, wasn't happy sitting up, wasn't happy wow. in the boogie, wasn't happy in the car, hated the car, hated this cot, didn't, didn't want to sleep with me, didn't want to sleep without me, didn't want to sleep, didn't want to be awake, didn't, you know, just. Air of concern is such an incredible, um, wow, what an amazing descriptive air of concern. Just frightened by the just world a, bit a little like, or I'm just not content and there was it was just very hard to make him happy I couldn't do anything because right. I do find Caroline do, I, I watch with glee and pride in you being a you know a pal but also a woman in your responses to assholes on Instagram which just because I don't I'm not very good at that and I suppose I'm also trying to keep my job and I'm trying to not um, piss people off and I probably do piss people off easily but I do love your responses to people are like, would it be how you're being around? Would it be, do oh. you think you're giving him your anxiety? Yeah. Right? Well, that's a very common belief. And I mean, I think there, there may be some element of um, like transgenerational trauma that can carry 100%. on. And we all but, have it because yeah. everyone back in the day yeah, was we messed up, right? Let's <laughs> yeah. not go, it's just Caroline Foran's family. No. Sorry, we all have transgenerational trauma. Yeah. Are you mental? Yeah, like, for sure. But um, I'm just saying I, I, we cannot say to mothers and fathers that their own anxiety or mental health or depression is being transferred, like stop. Well, I thought that that was the case and that really Did made, you? Well, because that's what people were telling me and okay. I had no co- evidence, you know, to the contrary until... Caroline's great. Yeah. She copies and like she cuts out the res- things and puts it up and just goes, just to say thanks for this. Like and it's I great. And I do hide their name. But I almost, people think they own you. They're like, she's got loads of following and she's like a mom. I'll just say what I want to say. Like yeah. horrendous. Well, it's just, sometimes it's, it's sometimes it's pure judgment dressed as full concern. And, and yeah. I also shared because, you know, another woman who maybe is getting it from an, a mother-in-law or a friend yeah. who doesn't feel poor mother-in-laws. Now I have a great mother-in-law, but we give them an awful reputation. Um, oh, brilliant. So that's kind of part of why I, I shared that. And also I've always been with social media looking for this validation and anyone else will put their hand up and say, yeah, me too, because I can't exist on it if I'm only putting out this version of myself. Yeah. That will create so much anxiety in me where I'm like, oh, if you only knew. So I just... I, I just kind of bulldoze right You've made a that. choice on that. Like, do you know Stacey Dugood? She's the no, journalist in the UK. She's amazing. She used to work, I think she was a editor for Style in the New Yorker. Anyway, she's this pretty um, prolific writer and she not made a mess of her life, but she made some choices, had an affair, marriage broke down. She had two small kids. Everything was a shit show. And she didn't realize how financially dependent she was on her husband at the time when she needed to be like, bye, I gotta get out of here. I cannot, I'm suffocating. And she wanted to take the kids, but she's written some incredible columns and books and and she's done a podcast recently about money and finances and marriage. But she was saying when she goes on Instagram, she's so real, like she's amazing to watch. But she's like, 
look, I'm not showing you on the bathroom floor when I'm literally puking with tears and things are very bad. And I've had a bust up with my, you know, or the kids. I'm not going to show you that because actually no one needs to see that rawness. That's actually quite private. But yes, I'm going to show you everything in the interim. So she's yeah. like, I reflect or on the day. after the fact. Exactly. Or- she's like, I reflect on the day and then I come on. And I think it's it's what you do. Like, you're not like going to show every part of, you know, Kaylin's moments or your moments, but you're coming on and giving us a little bit. And that's good. I think I probably did a bit too much in the first while because I I was without having received a diagnosis I probably was I, very much postnatal anxiety maybe a bit of depression mm. um, but I definitely just feel, waking up feeling exhausted and drained and stressed just and... feeling untethered okay um, and it wasn't until it really is it wasn't until quite recently um, that through talking to different experts or, or seeking out other mothers who who could explain to me that and experts that can say, no, like, Kaylin is, it's not just that you find it hard or it's not just that you can't be chill enough to, like, be okay with how difficult it is. It's that it is really difficult because highly sensitive kids are as beautiful and, and emotional and um, as much joy as they can bring. It's really, really difficult to try and help guide them through the world and get through the day when everything is kind of times infinity in terms of the, the intensity of, of emotions and stuff and you've kind of just dropped in there for the podcasters um forever listening like highly sensitive right yeah. so you've spoken there about you you've you've given birth during COVID. i did that as well um i had miscarriages and gave birth during covid and i just think there's a lot of shit that women are gonna have to deal with way down the line on that that's just it was just not a good vibe and your, your husband leaving and anyway and then the going home and just feeling very lonely and there was none of the classes there's none of the crack there's none of the support route. no there's just no crack it was just yeah. like because as much as you say it's a joy and all the wholesomeness and stuff the crack kind of comes from the banter with other women the sharing of the breastfeeding stories the sitting in a church with boobs out having croissants like the that we need yeah. humans need a community and camaraderie I don't care what people say doing something in isolation isn't fun so you had none of that so you you were finding he was not overly content with stuff but you've now said he's highly sensitive did you go and get a, him diagnosed or did you know because you're so intuitive and smart and you research things that he just was highly sensitive because I feel that the more well. I read up on it um, and I have a friend who is a child psychologist okay. and has her own child who is highly sensitive and then she had a second child who was the complete opposite and wow. she was able to reassure me as have other parents since that it's it's not they're not that way because you are this way mm. they come she she was the one it's dr um Aoife Durkin highly wow, sensitive she's psychologist she's, and she's just a very yeah, very yeah, yeah. And she's such a gentle soul mm-hmm. like mine I just want to like I want to wrap her up yeah um but she kind of taught me about this window of tolerance that we're all born with and um how some the kid that you know glides through a little bit easier comes into the world with a bigger window of tolerance so it what it takes for them um, what it takes for my son for example to, to reach that point of feeling overwhelmed or stressed or for his fight or flight to kick in is so much more narrow than what maybe the kid next to him can tolerate and even as adults what we and our, and our window of tolerance can grow and like the work I do with my podcast and everything and I know I know my window of tolerance has grown massively but my job is to make his window expand without like shattering the glass or shoving it out like do like back in the day get on with you be grand going to the party go to the well I can't because it's just I, I it's backfired on me anytime I've tried to do that to the extent that it's been months of trying to come back from a really hard place um, what age is he now he's just turned three in August Kaylin is um, the most gorgeous divine dish he's super smart he's, he's so beautiful he's yeah. frightening great smart. communicator He's incredible with his language yeah. and all of those things are very those. synonymous with high sensitivity um, and how does it okay so how does it what's not the word appear or how does it like how do you find with highly sense it just the wanting to be 
with you or just not the newness so, of things is scary? Separation anxiety would be a huge thing for him. Um, it's different for, for lots of kids. Um, and for him anyway, noisy environments. Yeah. So anywhere, like anywhere there's too many people in one room, mm-hmm. if it's loud, he, he just, he says that kind of noise makes him feel sick. Yeah. Um, Don't blame him. Very cautious about anything new. Um, the, my friends have kids who like, if they take them out, their eye off them for one second, they'll be like running down the road. I know Caitlin will always be by my side. <laughs> like I it's never like, have to. I have to watch Brian. Yeah. He's gonna run in front. You're like, mm. no, I don't. That's um, so funny. <laughs> and just very, he can go into a sensitive phase where if if something is under the surface or under the hood affecting him, like whether he's he was having an issue with his uh, his breathing, he had an allergy thing, and mm. that would. It's not just that he has a breathing issue. I start to notice he goes from a certain level of, of being able to tolerate life in general and he falls down and everything bothers him and mm. he'll be so much more likely to have a meltdown or a tantrum or need me even more. Mm. Um, so it's this constant ebb and flow between of his emotional needs, mm. depending on what's going on for gets him. Gets overwhelmed. Gets really overwhelmed. Mm. Um, so the what most- makes him happy? What makes him safe? Like, what is it just being with you guys, you know? Well, he, once he has a chance to sort of assimilate, mm. I think, um, or acclimate, is that the word I'm looking for? Uh, he, so he's, you know, when it's when it's us and people he knows and it's not too loud and too mm. noisy and we're at home or we're in the park or wherever, um, he, he another part of, of, for him anyway, the high sensitivity is he really struggles to want to leave the house. Okay. So. Which I think is your biggest. No, it's so scary. Which is your biggest. um what you've been charting I think the most in that journey and I find that fascinating because similarly you know I've been through stuff and I know my friends have and um I I quite I find it fascinating how you charted that because it's such a it's a really dark time it's really honest it also it fucks your own um career prospects or things you want to do outside the home or your relationship or your relationships your friendship and I think you know we talk about highly sensitive or we can talk about children on the spectrum we talk and all of that is well and good but the leaving of the house and how that affects your day to day just even get out for some fresh air yeah and I, I remember it and you just escaping for half an hour and charging that in your car and that was so important for people to see I don't mm. know whether you've saved any of that in your highlights no, I should probably no, okay. go back and, and create a few. Um, but that but, was very interesting. But even to this day, you know, if he's in a sensitive phase and it could be, so right now, it's like he's, it's like a little turtle having gone back in under their shell. Um, and right now it's, we're dealing with the fallout of having tried our best with Montessori and it having been taken such a toll on him to the point that he like held his wee in for 24 hours because he's trying to control the things that he thinks he can control when he feels out of control about other things. Um, I can see that he wants to cope, like he's constantly asking me to read these books that we have about starting school and he loves we call it school and opera school he wants to cope but then he's in the situation and his little sensitive nervous system just cannot cope and is it the being there with the newness the kids the place and being left everything being Being, left yeah but it's but even so so we're still we still take him we're gonna our plan is I I couldn't keep going honestly it was the three of us was it horrendous it was horrendous three of us were just so stressed out so you'd go down you'd be devo you'd be devo well I only I couldn't even leave him because he's not the kind of kid that would get distracted just or get over yeah. it. He, and they'd ring you in 10 minutes and go, grand. Or if it was like, where well, he gets a bit upset and then he's fine. And then when he's home, he's it's fine. It's not like he, that. He fell apart at home as well. He wouldn't eat. He couldn't sleep. So it affected everything. It affected And I could see that all that work oh. that we had done to help build him up, to build his sense of confidence and security. It, like that, it, like, it can have such far reaching effects for someone like him. And 
I felt massive pressure from society at large saying, you know, this is just a rite of passage. They have to do it. We all have to do it. What if you had to go to work nine to five? You'd have no choice. It's really good for them. It's good for the social privilege, Caroline, that you get to bring. Exactly. All this stuff. Mm. And the more I, I felt, I was on the floor with it. I felt like I'm failing massively. And the feeling of like comparing your kid to every other kid in the room who seems to be honestly fine. And like maybe they have a bit of a wind and then they get over it. I was just in bits. Um, and my, st- my stomach started to get quite sick again with the worry and even Barry was just he's never experienced anxiety like to the extent of being a parent now where so in, in the first few baby stages you're in the throes of it and you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed because it's difficult in that moment mm. now it's more the difficulty if the anxiety comes from us being like how to, how do we how do we move forward what what if this gets harder how do we set him up so that he's not going to independence yeah but yeah. like worrying about the future for him will mm. he find life difficult what what kind of if is there a diagnosis coming mm. for us and so for people have asked me this several times and I haven't I haven't said it on social media um but we for what Aoife had recommended to me she as a friend would say Carolyn he's definitely highly sensitive I don't see any traits of mm. of of autism mm. disorder with him but what she says to everyone is go and get the assessment done for even peace of mind. 100%. Now, whether or not he has some neurological or some neurodivergency yeah. going on, he's still, he is who he is. He yeah, needs, it's not gonna cha- yeah, it'll he be, needs the you support. have the info, yeah, but it's, He needs the support yeah. that he needs. I, it's not going to change no. him. Um, you so, already know what you have to do, whether you're told child exactly. is more, yeah. So for, well, we could get, I mean, definitely it's always, I think knowledge is power to be equipped with, with knowing and also just tempering your expectations because for so long, this anxiety that I have felt as a parent is trying to fit a square peg into a round hole mm. and waiting and watching and for trying pain. to do what every other parent is doing with the child exactly. that may not be in your I remember Stephanie Preisner on the last season saying and she says and I, it's the only clip that it really hit home to people I was an undiagnosed autistic child and I'm like well what does it what was the difference of finding out and she's like well Rebecca I didn't understand why everyone changed their boy band you know that they liked a month later why were they doing that? We all made a decision for life on Boyzone. And I mean, I laugh my head off at her because she's so honest. And she's like, we all liked Nutella and crackers. Why the hell were people eating peanut butter and toast three months later? And why do they suddenly like Emer in art when we were all meant to be just? A, and she goes, any change, any. And she said, I didn't understand why the world wasn't made for me. And it was really depressing. And it caused me to. And she goes, so, yes, it's great to know now as an adult because this is what I do. And I don't like this. And, well, it gives you context and yeah. it gives you permission and validation and you stop what so I had Stephanie on my podcast as well it helped her stop with the social comparison because Mm. now your point of reference is different um so being able to advocate for Kaylin and his sensitivity and say no we know that while most kids will thrive in this scenario or go on to love it for him it could actually do damage Mm. and for me to push him into something that he's not ready for would then create problems when it comes to primary school I don't know that I have coped very well. I think for me, a coping mechanism is seeking out as much information as I can um, to help make sense of things. And I'm very solution focused with with Kaylin for sure, where, you know, I, d- I knew, I tried to listen to my gut was the, the only way I could cope. And that was really hard because what my gut was saying is not what the rest of the world was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like I say, I sought out people who, had similar experiences and and said you know you can do it a different way now I'm very fortunate and I always have to say this because I know not everyone is in a position where they can drop work but I I have had to drop a lot of things in 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 my work but I work for myself so I have that flexibility 
but I kind of designed my career that way going in even before I was pregnant I always knew I wanted to set myself up this way to have that flexibility um having worked in a couple of environments that were not suited to my temperament and having had that fright when I worked in that full-time job Mm -hmm. I knew I really wanted to be my own boss so I worked a lot to build that up so that and now I'm so grateful that I had that foresight because it allows me to give Caelan the support that he needs um, and say okay I'm not going to keep pushing this right now mm-hmm. and the fear of saying that to like both of our families because it was like just just keep persevering keep persevering it's like persevering to what end until we have enough evidence do you feel you should explain yourself I feel like that all the time yeah. that's interesting that you say I mean I'm just maybe it's just age or I'm an asshole I actually don't it's the one thing I might do okay for myself I just don't explain stuff to people within my group or family anymore I don't care what so people I think, think I'm, I'm sure people have huge judgment <laughs> of me working full time and the babas to go to crash and how I'm I commit my evenings and weekends to them but how from my mental health and being financially independent of, of my husband I, I need to work and I know there is conversations had around that and other things that I do. And you know what? It's funny that only in the last year or two, I don't really care what you think. I think you know I'm only I mean? getting there now, yeah. but I really, I've always been a person who's looked for, to fit in or to be oh, okay, validated okay, or, okay, okay. so um, it's really a departure for me to say, do you know what? I'm actually, I'm done with this. This is what we're doing. I've invited a lot of, or unwittingly invited a lot of opinions and advice into my mm. life from what I've shared on Instagram. Mm. Um, a lot of it well-meaning some of it just really hurtful and it's it messes with your head makes you dilute your own voice yeah. and it's there saying no you know what's right for mm. you and your son um, so eventually Barry was away at the Rugby World Cup for a weekend um, and when he came back I was like we're, we're going to have this chat I was like I know that you think we need to keep going we need to keep going he might turn a corner he might turn a corner but I can already see the negative impact this is having on him and I believe it's not something he's going to push through and just have a different personality one morning and skip in. He's only just turned three and what I don't want to happen and this is just us yeah. is that we push him and push him and push him to the point that he becomes ill and then when it comes to school which is something you can't opt out of we'll, we'll create so many more. Like that's going to be difficult as is anyway. Yeah. So and also this whole preschool thing it's it was set up to support working parents like I you, you know don't need them to be in there you don't need them to be it's in not there, a requirement yeah, yeah, yeah. and the whole thing of like socializing your kids like you can't force socialization on them what's most important at his age is his feeling not really anxious every day yeah and that's what I for given, and being content given my background my you know I don't want to set him up for a life being having this constant fight or flights with Sean for him I want to listen to my child and, and I'm very fortunate that I'm very privileged that I can um, now it's been really intensely difficult um, but also lots of women Caroline around the world are pushed out of the workplace um, I, for yeah. various reasons but mainly because they are the main caregivers I mean we let's call a spade a spade I mean my husband like Barry is just a fantastic dad he just is probably in comparison to what we were dealing with you know 30-40 years ago but like carege- we we do have that fundamental pull and guilt we just do yeah I think so and just it just wasn't an option for me I you know if I had to if I had have been in a full-time job where I had to push him he probably would have gotten really ill and then later down the line I would have been like I can't do this we need to rearrange things we need to maybe downsize our house you do whatever you have to do to function but I'm going to make sure because of my struggles with mental health that that I don't 
compromise his mental health. But he he probably like you are such a dichotomy, I think, from externally from just watching. You have a huge inner core strength and resilience like you just do. Right. Mm -hmm. And yes, you've gone through and go through what you go through. But there's something in you. Right. And, And perhaps he has that and he probably does, which would be amazing that you are a huge success as an author, right? Owning it, like your podcast, the amazing downloads you get, the success, the people wanting to work with you, right? And have you on and paying you to do things in ambassadorship. So it's not like you're fanning around and nothing's really happening for you in your career. You are a huge success, Caroline, in your own right. Not because of Barry or not because someone helped you or an agent helped you. You did that. Mm -hmm. And then you have this vulnerability and fragility on the other side. So you are quite, Mm -hmm. which is so interesting and probably is what makes you a huge success. So you have to also remember that maybe part of him is, you know, a little bit of you is is there with him and he's going to be amazing. Like, think about that. I, I mean, I definitely there. Are, like, I know we've talked about the the difficulty with with high sensitivity, but I've had messages from parents who are now in the teenage phase and mm. the kid who gave them the hardest time with with the difficulty and mm. like the way I describe Caelan, you know, just just trying to get through the day and yeah. having honestly a lot more difficult days than good days that when they became a teenager, that was the kid they had to worry least about because they were so emotionally aware. Emotionally aware, yeah. So secure. Emotionally intelligent. Emotionally intelligent. Whereas the ones who were maybe wild and carefree they up. all kind of hit their bumps in I the agree. road at some point and we all I do agree. and so, I watch my sensitive one now as she's getting a bit older and I see her cope with other people being sad in class or bullying or the nature of, of the kids empathy and, is, oh yeah is so beautiful and it's just another level and do you love being a mum I love it I, I really think it's important to clarify though and I remember reading this in a book by Oliver Berkman in one of his many books he's my favorite author for nonfiction. There is a difference between happiness and fulfillment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can be, I have been fulfilled this whole time, but I have not been happy no. this whole time. And it's it's different. There are real peaks of happiness. and But to expect that becoming a mother would make you happier all the time or keep, I, I've plunged to oh, real yeah. low. Like, I've never experienced frustration or resentment like I have as a mother before because I didn't have if if it was a if it was grief in a relationship or difficulty in a job I walked away from it like see you later I'm not going to do that. Walk away. <laughs> and sometimes, and let's be really frank, you're just like, you little fucker. I like, know, you're just I like, know. you're ruining everything. Like, and could why you not can't just give you just... Me, could you just give me a little break? Could 100%, you just make it a little just, bit easier Or just the, the, the wanting to go into the loop or just taking call. I was trying to speak to my dad last week about something kind of important or the, the, those moments where you are all touched out. Yeah. Fuck off. And you can't. <laughs> and it's terrible. Like, across me, you can go fuck off. I know. Or your friends, you can just ignore them, but you can't. It's, yeah, it's having your tank completely drained and then having to respond when they've, you know, headbutted you in the tooth uh, with, and having to respond with just pure love and kindness and gentleness. It's just that reserve is not always there. My friend says it's like being a being a parent is like being the biggest introvert and then being forced to be an extrovert every single day and how hard that is. Yeah. Oh, definitely. There's, there's emotions. Do you want to play? There's ele- no. Yeah, there's elements to it that I just had never confronted before. But when I see a sign of him, when I watch him do well at something like a, at a birthday party, mm. if I see him start to play with someone and not immediately want to go home, because that's usually what happens, the pride and the joy yeah. and the satisfaction and the love is like I would like to chop up his little toes and put them yeah. in a sandwich like yeah. he I yeah physically it's creepy want, but true yeah want to eat, eat him. him yeah yeah um and 
Do you think they made him cute for that reason as well? Oh yeah. Yeah, there's something going on there. Yeah. That <laughs> was dodgy shit going on yeah, in kids' percent Simone like, kills me, but she's so cute. Yeah. They have to be. Feckers, they get away with yeah. murder. Um but yeah, no, I I it's a it's a hard thing to say, but I people ask me on on Instagram, do you even like being a mother? And it's such a She's just saying it's no. such a lie. <laughs> well, it's it's such a one-dimensional question because you're taking something I'm saying in one moment of one day and you're applying it to the whole experience yeah. and it's a real um what's the word I'm looking for um not dichotomy no it's um it's uh, uh I know what you're trying to say binary where there's you know if I but say it's also this, loaded it mean that. it's also loaded yeah it's but a like, loaded question if I say it's difficult today that means it cannot be something yeah. that gives me it's joy like and marriage. pleasure it's like you want to it's not a fun vibe and then like it's you're going the most romantic trip ever or you're having great sex or then you're not like everything is yeah. constantly changing for people to think it isn't or just having a great old time because that's not life I feel like I was born to be a mother I feel like it's my greatest role the hardest job I've ever done. I don't think any corporate environment could ever throw at me the no, challenges I I agree with I've that. had I with, agree with that. the the fragility of a person that you're yeah. helping shape. A human. The what you take to bed with you, you know, in your in your mind. There's no leaving it at the door when it's your when it's your own child. I, yeah, it's my proudest, most fulfilling role, obviously. But at the same time, the last three years have been probably minus the really bad anxiety or probably been the hardest of my life and what about for you and Barry do you feel like you've come out on skate like you're grand you just get on with it or do you feel like um, you constantly have to talk about it do you feel like you're talking about him all the time like do you sometimes feel that yeah, like, yeah. to the point that the other night we were having a chat and he, and Caelan started to come up and I was like I'm, we're not talking about it tonight great I was like I'm not going down the rabbit hole of oh will he be okay yeah. you know what does all brilliant, this mean brilliant and we were talking about I don't know, interiors or something. That's why I like to deflect to that. It's hard. Um, I do think that we're okay, but I also know that, you know, the grass is greenest where you water it and we can so quickly become passing ships in the night. And like you said, at the end of the day, when you're touched out and emotionally drained from navigating several meltdowns at a supermarket or whatever. You do not want to bone. I don't, don't even look at me. And um, so I can, I can, I don't even want to have a conversation with you, you know, so. Like your penis can just. Yeah. Just sort but yourself out. I remember out. breastfeeding Simone up until like she's 22 months and people are like, wow, you're such an earth mom. I'm like, no, I did it because she wouldn't sleep. So it was a survival of the boobs. And then I was working full time and then you come and like sexy time then is really hard to discuss. You're like, I'm so... But you don't feel sexy. My body is not my body. I no, don't even think no. it's... Yeah. We, I remember we were in the throes of it. His, his sleep was so bad in the first six months. I mean, he woke up every 30 minutes or something. Um, but we said, we went for a walk with Caelan obviously and we, we just said, look... We've had these kind of mature conversations before. Let's just take the pressure off, at least for the first year. This is it's not about us. Let's just <laughs> yeah. Let's never touch again <laughs> until twenty twenty eight. Then we'll be yeah. Going. But just don't think that if we I feel know. distant, whatever that it's don't it, expect. This doesn't yeah. that doesn't mean there's something wrong I with know, us. You're right. We're just completely because it's the un it's the unspoken things yeah. that get that sore. Yeah. Whereas I know if we got the chance to go away for two nights we would fun. reconnect yeah, again and and but and, and for me it's you know absence make the heart grow fonder does not apply to me I need to be with someone mm. and spending time with them for me to feel like in love again um so yeah you do kind of you, de- you definitely I, I think I don't think I realized how important that good base foundation is and I'm very lucky in that I guess Kaylin because we both see it so much because Barry's not working out of, out of the office he sees firsthand the impact that things can have on him 
we're very aligned on what we know works for him. So we haven't had massive bust ups about, well, I want to do this and you don't. And we're really our united front on that. And um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm. Do you think you'd want to have more kids? I know it's such a deeply personal question and you don't have to answer it with some shocking. But do you think you see yourself being a mom to loads of kids or are you just like, I don't know right now I'm doing I definitely don't see myself being a mom to loads of kids. I, I grapple with the idea of a second because. Do you feel like there's a lot of pressure? No. I did for a while. Yeah. Now I don't really. Because when they hit one or two, it's like, well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now I think people kind of know she probably won't. <laughs> or if she um, does, that'll be in her own time. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. I, and I've been very vocal about it as yeah. well. So okay. people have, you know, people okay. have said, people know not to ask me. Not I don't mind you asking me, but yeah. people don't say, oh, when are you going to have one? Because they yeah, know yeah. that I'm like. But I mean more, would you want to? Not even about trying or would you, like, is it something that Yeah, no, I'll tell you, you I'll tell you. It, it absolutely terrifies yeah. me, the idea of yeah, having another one. Too. I, <laughs> And, and even Barry, I, I'm so frightened because I feel for my own window of tolerance and what I can manage, I am at capacity and I've had to work so hard to realize that that doesn't mean that I'm less than another person because their window of tolerance might just be bigger and they could handle just three lying. kids or they're just lying. But I know that I only feel like we're getting close to coming up for air around yeah, now. And the tendency I think in human nature is to, is to establish equilibrium and then throw more chaos I in the mix. completely agree. And I just want to catch myself before I do that to make sure if we do it that we're doing but I think it for the it's, right But I think it's also societal. And I think I do remember you asking on Instagram about the second child thing. And I think I put in something. And I'm not sure if you see everyone's, but I remember being like, my pressure came and we had such hell to make that second baby from wanting her to have a sibling because I felt like she would have a terrible, awful, tragic, sad, depressing life without a sibling. Mm-hmm. Not true. I know. Untrue. Uh, not proven, not anything statistic. But I think I... There was three of us in a family. I don't know whether that benefit, but I'm just, and I don't think it was from family or, or but there's a societal need to well, fill yeah. the void and add. And I think also when your marriage, you're tired, you're drained, you have this baby, there's also the fix it thing of like, Throwing you have another way. romantic thing and it's going to be human and they're cute. Yeah. And you, and also you, you're brood, you become broody. Everyone else is doing it and you're like, fuck it. And there was a point where we weren't getting anywhere trying to have Simone and we were struggling and Jason was like, let's put a pin in it. Mm. This is fucking hell. And do you want, like, how badly do we want this? That's going to kill us, like. And then we did have her and like, no regrets, great and everything. But it isn't an easy decision. And I think we we go pregnant and there's an announcement and a flipping balloon and it's pink and every celebrity. And I think there's a lot of that horseshit, Caroline. And I think we got to be careful about you're so correct what we can manage and I can tell you now I don't care about people having 10 kids back in the 70s I don't care mm-hmm. having two for me and both of us working full time and everything that goes with it was huge that's a huge amount no yeah. I know in an ideal world you know research might show that people do better to have a sibling but you have to take it into the context of well, what at what cost yes he might have a sibling but he might have a mother who has to go and spend time in a mental asylum like just for the summer yeah you know I I, I agree I need to prioritize him it, it wouldn't be fair to him right now for me to stretch myself more than I am given his emotional needs mm. and but also apart from all of the logical reasons why maybe we feel like we wouldn't want to add to the mix right now this biological drive is something you can't argue with so if I despite all of the reasons mm. not to if I felt so strongly that mm. I needed to have another baby yeah. that would be that would win that would yeah. win but I'm not there yet I just yeah. don't have that yeah. massive desire yeah. and maybe that will come and I think I I would suspect that it would come when it feels like things get a little bit easier for yeah, Caelan like I, I really thought if he was skipping into Montessori and I relaxed a bit and thought wow maybe we've come through the hardest part I could see myself very yeah, much being like we, we could 
we did it. We could do it again. And maybe, I mean, part of the fear is having another baby and everyone says, oh my, they just, they'll be, your second one will be so chilled. <laughs> and Barry's like, well, what if they're not? What if oh, they're, sorry, just... what if they're worse? <laughs> like, what if we have more difficulties and, yeah. and that frightens us more yeah. than so we're just not Watch playing the we can't shit. play yeah. roulette yeah. right now um, but because we've had to backtrack and I'm like okay now I've set myself back another potentially year or two where I can't go full steam ahead with my own work mm. and career like there's loads of things I'd love to be doing mm. I, I can't do it and it, it may look like I'm doing things yeah. but it's I'm very much just dipping my toe okay. into things I'm keeping the bare minimum going to keep paying the bills and stuff and to keep some sense of um, relevancy in the space that I'm in but it's it's not my time right now. Okay. I'm not in the season of work. I'm in the season of my child needs me. And yeah, so I think we've we've now, if there was going to be another one, we've pushed it even further yeah, yeah. down the line. But then I'll be, you know, obviously you're getting older. As so well, I'm 35. Um, but if we do do it, I I wouldn't say it would be until until I have him going in and out of school happily yeah, and not yeah. and there's a joy there there's a joy there because I remember and also you've got a bit of your career back to yourself I remember like after Simone was born thinking I'll never have a third and it was a very broody it was very strange but you're right it was physiological like she was about 18 months so it was a few months ago I was desperate I was like god I think I want a third and like we had always said we will not have a third financially actually there was a ton of reasons logistically how you gonna you know we're getting a minder and I really felt it strongly and everyone was having babies and it's so funny when you're looking around I felt really sad I definitely went through a bit of a grief I was like that is it for me that's shutting up shop and I'm through sorry I'm through it now like we went on holiday saw babies everywhere there's baby stuff I've gotten rid of equipment which is always a sign um I'm through that but but yeah I had to really make peace with that I'm good now I do get really sad about it sometimes because I I look at people having the kind of experience that I wanted to have and think what if I don't ever get to have that or maybe it would heal me or maybe yeah. it would do something for me that would make me feel maybe it would just sort of I don't know what the word I'm looking for is not fix know. but cha- yeah change yeah, that I mean, experience can't put that pressure yeah. on a kid but I or maybe if I hadn't been so difficult, I would have had another kid and maybe I won't have another kid because of mm. how difficult it was. And maybe there's a bit of resentment there. I don't know. But he's the one who's here. He's the mm. priority. And I'm the priority. Mm. My mental health is the priority. I love that. And because it's been compromised too many times before, I'm not going to do anything to jeopardize it now. Well, you look divine, which is kind of annoying. I'd You'd say, expect you to I'd look like a toilet. i say my face is melting off No, it's off not. Completely. Do you have any tips? Like, I don't let you go, but I, I probably need to wrap this up. But do you have any tips for mamas and dadas? Um, doing it on their own or doing it together what is your what is your most relevant tip I think it's such a natural thing to want to surround yourself with experts but really (laughs) when you do that you're dulling down what you know best and for all the experts in the world they don't know your kid um so trying to have a real private conversation and based on your evidence of your child and what your child needs not the noise of what everyone else does um is really important and the fear of of going against society is worth it if it means you know helping your child along in some way um and and don't be afraid to you know if people say no but you have to do that because of this kind of say well well, why isn't that badass aren't you badass (laughs) though isn't Kaylin gonna look back I'm only getting there now but aren't you badass like isn't he gonna go no mom decided we didn't do this because I think it's so incredible and you actually don't even know but you're doing such massive things every single day to change the course of like I think like the trans generational traumas Mm. the way people did things it ends with me (laughs) 
but you're pushing against it, Caroline, yeah. and I'm all for it. It's badass. And it doesn't gonna, mean I still, I still it doesn't mess matter. Up he's going to be so proud of you. Oh, sorry, okay. what's the poem? They fuck you up, your mum and dad. They never mean to, but they do. That is that beautiful poem that was written like way back in the eighties, and I remember reading it in sc- in secondary school and being like, it's a bit strange. I'm like, no, it, it's true. We can't mm-hmm. help it. We leave our shit behind. Can I read you a little poem that yes. I wrote? Yes. Oh my on God. That, that might leave be helpful me a for poem. people. If you have time. Yes, I do. Okay, let me make sure the reel doesn't play because that, you know, I'm Because <laughs> I said it How well to as... use a vibrator. No, turn <laughs> that one imagine. off. That is not relevant for this. Um, okay, hang on a second. Sorry. You can cut this out, right? You can. No. No, as in you can cut this shitty bit out of me trying to find it. Um, oh, no, no. We don't cut it. Sweaty. I think I decided to call it suede. Okay. Okay, go on. So I liked to write a little poem because it helps okay, me just contextualize things. Yeah. I've always been so easily swayed by others' advice and opinions, losing my voice, saying, you're probably right, forgetting this is not their dominion. Not when it comes to parenting my child, who trusts only me to know best. But they're experts. They've seen this before, I would say, my gut instinct once more suppressed. I've tried fitting into a box or a mould that society finds most agreeable, pushing what's expected before we are ready, only to create problems for now and the foreseeable. What's probably harder than this parenting thing is to let go of the approval of others. What worked for them may have worked really well for their mothers and their mothers' mothers. It's taken me until now to say it out loud, but thanks, we're doing just fine. Not all kids build resilience this way. It certainly doesn't work like that for mine. We will carve our own path and find our own way. I will learn to trust my intuition. So while it might seem unusual or not the done thing, fitting in is no longer my ambition. All the feels. (laughs) All the feels. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so happy. Very, very happy to be here. Hopefully, some of it was coherent. It was beautiful. Caroline Foran, thank you so much for going on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Little Birdie Told Me. And if you did, it would mean a lot to me if you could like, subscribe, and share this episode. 